This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man istanna bi sunnatihi ila yawmiddin Allahumma aj'alna minhum wa minal ladhina amanu wa amilu salihat Wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bil sabr Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم من ذا الذي يقرض الله قرضا حسنا فيضاعفه له وله أجر كريم رب شحل صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواسوا بالحق وتواسوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين الله عز وجل عند القرآن talks multiple times about spending, charity. And he uses different terms to describe or motivate believers to spend. For instance, he says, وَأَنْفِقُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Spend in the path of Allah. وَجَاهِدُوا بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنْفُسِكُمْ Struggle with yourself, with your monies and yourselves. Different terminologies are used. But one of the most unique phrases that Allah uses, and He uses this call twice, once in Surah Al-Baqarah and once in Surah Al-Hadid, is, a, is almost impossible to understand at first. What Allah Azza wa says is, مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يُقْرِضُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا Who is out there that is going to give Allah a good loan? That's what Allah says. Who is out there calling on anybody out there willing to give Allah a good loan? And that's actually what I wanted to speak with you about today and remind myself of what this ayah means. But in order to start, I want to share something with you about the Arabic word qard, which is the word used in this ayah, Allah says, who will give Allah a qard, and I translated that as a loan. The Arabic language has lots of different words for loaning or borrowing and lending, and this is one of them, and it actually comes from the word qurada, which is, you know, it's a fudala, it's, it's the leftover originally of what a mouse might take from bread, or what, you know, if a mouse gets into clothes and it bites a little bit off, it can't take the entire outfit, it can only take a little bit of a chip away from the clothes, or a little bit of chip away from a piece of bread. That little piece that's missing is called a qurada. And from it developed the term qard, meaning you have, and you're not being asked for most of what you have, or all of what you have, you're being asked for a tiny little bit of a slice of what you, ha- you possess, and that's actually called a qard. The idea being, the one asking you, maybe it may be a big deal to them. Somebody asks you, let's say, for a sum of money, for a month. They want to borrow it for a month. And you have more than, you have ten times that much in your bank. So it's not that hard for you to give, but it might change their life entirely. They might be very desperate for it. It's actually maybe an entire day's sustenance for the mouse, but it's nothing for the one who owns the bread. He could just chop that part of the dirty bread off and he still has plenty left. There's plenty of cloth left. So the idea being that the one who asks for a qard, the one who asks for a loan using the term qard, is actually desperate. And they're not asking for a lot. And the one being asked has a lot. And even if they give it away, it's not going to hurt them. It's, it's not much of a loss. It's not like they were asked to make a terrible sacrifice. This is the term Allah uses when He asks believers, anybody out there, is, if, if they're willing to give Allah a qard, which is impossible to understand because Allah Azza wa Jal, all of you know and I know, 
Allah alone owns all kingdom and all ownership within the skies and the earth. There's nothing that Allah does not own. As a matter of fact, the one being asked, you and me are owned by Allah. When our bodies are not actually our own, these bodies, this, the, the, the blood flowing in our veins, is not flowing in our veins because we make it flow. The heart isn't beating because we control and tell our heart to beat. That is happening because Allah makes it do so, because He owns it. As a matter of fact, even the guidance that you and I can enjoy in life is something Allah gives, and Allah can take away. Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala dinik. The one who turns the hearts, meaning I don't even turn my own heart. I'm not even control, in complete control over my own guidance. That's Allah. And He's the one asking me for a loan, it becomes impossible to understand. Impossible. Because in any other conventional sense, when somebody asks for a loan, they are the one that's in need. They're the ones that are in need. And Allah says, وَاللَّهُ الْغَنِي وَأَنْتُمُ Allah is the one who doesn't need. You're the ones that are bankrupt. You're the ones that have nothing. And yet Allah is asking you and me for a loan. Which is why I argue that this term that Allah has used twice in the Qur'an is one of the most unique phrases asking believers to spend or to give and to give Him. How do you give someone who has everything? How do you give someone who has everything? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so if we take a couple of steps back and understand something about the language of the Qur'an, you know, some ulama would describe that the language of the Qur'an, like Allah Himself says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَذِكْرَ لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ قَلْبٍ In Surah Qaf, He says, in it there's a powerful reminder for anybody who has a heart. Now, let me put it to you this way. If you're reading a science textbook, if you're reading a science textbook or an accounting book, or a mathematics book, or a history book, it's not a book for your heart. It'll hurt your brain, it's not going to hurt your heart. You're not going to read a science book about physics and start tearing. It's not going to happen. Because those words are not written for your heart, they're written for your mind. Allah says about the Qur'an that this is a reminder for hearts. And when someone speaks to your heart, it's very different when someone speaks to your mind. Allah Azza wa Jal does appeal to our intellect. But actually he does so in a way that appeals to our hearts first. So I'm going to start with an analogy to help us grasp some of the benefits of this phrase that Allah says, give me a loan. You know, all of us have, you know, many of us, alhamdulillah, still have the blessing of parents. And may Allah Azza wa Jal preserve our parents and guide our parents, overlook their mistakes and protect them. But imagine if one of you has a mother who's extremely sick. And, you know, the father has passed away. And she's, she's the only one left. And she's very, very old. She can barely get out of bed herself. She's that old, she can't even speak properly. That old woman. Now, there was a time when you and I were helpless, now she's helpless. She's in completely a helpless state. And then she comes to you one day, or she, she somehow communicates to you, can I borrow a hundred from you? I promise I'll pay it back. She says that to you. Can I borrow a hundred? I promise I'll pay it back soon. I'm not sure when I can do it, but I will, I promise. And if she says that to you, what would that make you feel? That would make you feel and me feel, you're my mother. Why did you have to ask me for a loan? You could have just said, why, and why didn't I know that you needed something, that it came to the point where you had to ask? And even the way in which you asked tells me what you think of me. You think of me as someone 
who would not just give you out of my heart, but after, after I give you in my heart, I'd be thinking, when am I going to get this back? Is she going to pay me back or what? My mother is thinking I'm so greedy. My mother thinks I'm so obsessed with money that her, what she needs and what she wants is not even in the picture. My biggest concern will be, when am I going to get paid? When am I going to get returned? Now this is actually an insult to us, you know, a son, it's humiliating to a son or a daughter to hear. Why? Because now they're getting an impression, what does mom think of me? Mom thinks of, thinks of me as someone greedy. Mom thinks of me as someone that would, he wouldn't just give it to me. The best I can hope for is, he'll let me borrow it. And then he'll expect it back. That's a commentary on your mother and how greedy you think, she thinks you are. That's what that becomes. When Allah Azza wa Jal tells a believer, give me a loan. The one who gave you and me everything, says give me a loan. He knows how human beings become. I'll give you a small experiment that I've conducted many times with my children, especially when they're younger. I know which ones like which kind of ice cream. So I'll get their favorite kind of ice cream and start eating it myself. And so I'm eating it, eating it, eating it, and the three-year-old comes and says, Abba, can I have that? I said, no, you can't have that. Can please have a little bit? Okay, you can have two bites, but then give it back. So I give him the ice cream. And guess what happens next? They run away. And if I do catch them and say, where's my ice cream? You know what they say? Mine! Immediately, they forgot that this wasn't theirs. This was mine. I just let you hold it for a couple of seconds. And all of a sudden, now it's yours? And before I can get to it, the biggest bites they can ever take in their life. Because they just want to get as much as they can. Human beings, when they get possession of something, even temporarily, we tend to forget that it's not ours. Allah gives, and Allah gives, and Allah gives. And then sometimes He says, give me back. Spend. And what's the first thought that crosses in my mind and your mind? It's mine. You want me to give from my money? You want me to give you from my savings? I worked hard for these savings. You want me to give up this? This is my favorite one. You want me to give up this car? I can't do that. That you're asking too much. And so Allah Azza wa Jal acknowledges the inherent greed. Allah says, whoever can be protected from the deep greed they have inside themselves are the ones that have reached success. So Allah calls on that greed and says, you and I would love to hold on to our things. So Allah says, you know what? You really, even if you give it, you're thinking, when am I going to get it back? So Allah says, why don't, I, why don't you give it to me? Let me borrow it. And it's not going to hurt you much. That's Allah's guarantee because it's just a qard. It's just a slice from what you have. And that's confirming the promise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. مَا نَقَصَ مَالٌ مِّن صَدَقَةٌ When you give charity, your wealth doesn't go down. When you give up something for Allah, your money does not go down. And so it's just a slice like that mouse ate that little bit. It's not going to hurt you. You think it's going to hurt you. Why do you and I think it's going to hurt you? Because shaitan comes to you and me and says, shaitan Quran tells us shaitan comes to you and says, if you give this, how are you going to, you're going to go bankrupt. You crazy? You have to be more responsible. You have to spend more carefully. What are you doing? You know that same money, if you went to a restaurant, and you wanted to get some extra. You don't even look at the price on the menu. You just, yeah, bring it, bring it. And one-tenth of that amount, somebody says, give, put five dollars in the donation box. Put ten rand in here. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough for the bus, or if I have enough for the electricity bill. You start becoming an accountant in your head. 
But you're not an accountant when you're at a restaurant and when you're entertaining yourself. or we, we forget. But immediately when it comes to spending, when Allah wants us to, then immediately all of us, we become financially very responsible and we say, I don't know if this is a good decision. You know? This is one piece of the puzzle. When Allah says, give me a loan. But the other part of this is qardan hasana. The difference between a qard and a qard hasan conventionally is a qard hasan means I'm going to borrow some money from you but I don't know when I can pay you back. I'm not sure if it's going to be tomorrow. I'm not sure if it's going to be 10 years from now. And you are so generous to me, you say, you know what, pay me back whenever you can. Just whenever you can. You're not going to hound me every time you see me. Hey, where's my money? You're not going to do that. You're just going to let, let it go. Whenever you can, it's okay. And if you can't, it's okay. That's the kind of trust you, a generosity. Allah says, I want you to trust me. Give me what you have. Give me this loan that I'm asking for. And I haven't even described what that loan is. I know as you're listening to me, you're thinking Allah is asking for our money. Or Allah is asking for our wealth. And Allah is asking for us to give sadaqah. That's one part of infaq. Inshallah, as we see today in this same surah, in surah al-Hadid, it's actually much bigger than that. And I hope to describe that as we approach the month of Ramadan because all of us need to really keep this loan to Allah in mind as we approach this month that is supposed to connect us back with Allah. Now, when, we, when Allah tells us to give us this loan, to give, you know, for, for His sake, مَن ذَا الَّذِي يُقْرِضُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنَا means, how am I going to get it back? When am I going to get it back? I don't know. Your answer might be, I'm only going to get it back after I die in the akhirah. I'm going to give sadaqah now, I'll give charity now, I'll spend now, and Allah will give me after judgment day. But Allah did not say that. Allah did not limit the return to the akhirah, to the next life. Allah simply says, فَيُضَاعِفَهُ لَهُ Allah will multiply it for him. Whoever will give Allah this loan, He won't pay you back in full. He'll pay you back multiple times what you gave. Now this is what it basically is called riba. It's called what? Riba. And riba between human beings is haram. If you borrowed from me a hundred, and then you, you know, and I want two hundred back, that's riba. I can't, I'm not allowed to do that. But Allah says, you know, وَيُرْبِسْ sadaqat. Allah says, وَيُرْبِسْ sadaqat. Allah does riba of charity. Human beings can't do riba. Allah does riba of what? Of charity, meaning He multiplies it and He grows it. When you give, for Allah's sake, Allah will multiply it. The best way to increase your wealth, the best way to increase whatever you have in this life, in this life and in the next life, is to give. That's the best way to do it. Allah promises He will multiply. He did not say when. So you don't hear this khutbah and say, you know, Sayyid Oman said, give for the sake of Allah and give Him a loan. So I gave a loan and it's been a whole week. No returns yet. Allah said He will multiply. I wait all of Ramadan. I waited. No returns coming. It's been a couple of years now. No returns coming. That's not our faith. Islam doesn't work that way. Islam doesn't work that. Allah says Qardan Hasana, meaning it's up to Allah when He's going to give, and you have complete trust that He will give. And not only that He will give, He'll give you way more than what you gave. So you never ever feel a sense of loss. Never do you feel a sense of loss. You know. We understand business. Many people here are in business. In business, first you have to spend money before you make money. That's what you have to do. And when you spend money, there's always a risk. 
The risk is maybe I'll get the same amount of money back, but I'm hoping I make a little bit extra. Or maybe I'll lose all of it. Or I'll lose 50%. That happens too. People are sitting with the entire warehouse full of merchandise they couldn't sell. When Allah says, give me, He's guaranteeing there's a return on your investment. It's absolutely guaranteed. But the only challenge, He's not telling you when, and He's not telling you how. He's not telling you when, and He's not telling you how. Because when you and I give, maybe we gave money, but maybe what Allah gives you back is health. Maybe he gave, you gave money. Maybe what Allah gives you back is peace in the family. Maybe you gave one thing and Allah gives you back something so much more valuable. Something you could never buy. Something you could never pay for. Something you were always wishing for. You know, sometimes people hold on to money and because of holding on to money, they have all of these problems in their life that they can't get rid of. Problems with people, the closest people to them hurting them the most. You know, no peace of mind, can't go to sleep, blood pressure increasing. All of these problems that we cannot, you go to a doctor, they'll try to give you medication. But medication wasn't the source of the problem. That was just the final symptom, you're just suppressing the symptoms. Where did the source come from? Where did the stress come from? Where did the anxiety come from? What took your peace away? Allah Azza wa Jalla says, He's the one who puts tranquility into the hearts of believers. He's the one who sends it down. So when we give, what we get back in return may not be material, maybe something worth way more than material. Maybe protection, maybe guidance, may even be money. But what is money worth when you, when you compare it to what Allah has to offer? فَيُضَاعِفَهُ لَهُ أَضْعَافًا كَثِيرًا In Baqarah he says, أَضْعَافًا كَثِيرًا But here he adds one more piece, and, and, and to, to share this final piece with you, as I come to the, you know, near the conclusion of this khutbah, Let's talk about what it is that we have to spend and tie that in with this coming incredible month. Allah Azza wa Jalla in the same surah says, وَأَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا جَعَلَكُمْ مُسْتَخْلَفِينَ فِيهِ Spend out of whatever Allah has left you behind with. Let me explain that to you in simple terms. Istikhlaf means, I'll give you an istikhlaf in my family. If I was leaving the house, I had to go get gas in my car, and I left my two sons in the house, and I said, boys, you take care of the house, make sure you don't let anybody else in, make sure you do this, that, I give some instructions, and I leave. Now, these boys have basically, for those 20 minutes, they have complete control over this house. If they burn it down, or when I come back, I don't recognize my address anymore, that's all up to them. I've trusted them, I don't have any security cameras or anything. I have left, be, left them behind to their devices. Whatever they do with it. Whatever they do with it. Sometimes it's not just leaving you with your, to your own devices. Sometimes somebody gives you something. Somebody says, hey, I'm traveling. Can you keep my car? Just take care of my car for me. And they give you the car. Now the, the keys are with you. You can drive it. You can do whatever you want with it. You've been left behind with this car doing whatever you want. Allah says, I want you to spend... From with, out of anything that I have given you and left you in charge of. Now what has he given me and left me in charge of? He gave me a tongue. He gave me eyes. He gave me this body. He didn't just give me wealth. He gave me a mind. He gave me time. He gave me so much. And he's asking out of all of that, I want you to give me back. If he's given you energy, he wants your energy. If he's given you talent, he wants your talent. If he's given you intellect, he wants you to use your intellect. 
You use your sharp mind. Spend out of it. Spend out of what Allah has given you. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. And give it to Him. Some of you, mashallah, men and women, have very sharp tongues, for example. You know, if somebody, if somebody says something to you, you can say something nuclear in response and silence them for generations. You know how to do it. The, the words come rushing from your gut, up your throat, into your, you know, and out of your mouth. They're, they're ready to come out. And you say to yourself, you know what, my anger and my response, I'm going to put it back in. I'm going to swallow it. I'm going to give this as a loan to Allah. I'm going to give it to, and I pro, Allah promises He will give me much back more in return. I'm loaning my anger over. I, I don't want it now. When impulses come in this Ramadan, what does Allah do? Allah teaches us this entire concept. Delayed gratification. When fasting begins, and by the time fasting ends, you and I are going to feel hunger. We're going to feel thirst. As a matter of fact, our Messenger ﷺ even told us that fasting extends beyond food and food and drink and you know intimacy. It goes beyond that. Our tongues are fasting. Our eyes are fasting. Our ears are fasting. Our limbs are fasting. Why? In that time, in those hours, I've decided that I'm going to be extra cautious. I'm going to be more aware of what my eyes fall on. I'm going to be more aware of what comes out of my mouth. Some, the people that are annoying to you before Ramadan are still annoying to you during Ramadan. The people who make you angry before Ramadan started still make you angry when Ramadan has started. The things that agitate you, the things that, you know, or the things that, you know, you're, you're drawn to. Like you like to waste your time with them. Entertainment. Some people lose themselves in entertainment for hours and hours. Some people lose themselves in social media for the day goes up, sun goes up and down. They're scrolling screens. That's what they're doing. Whatever that is, in Ramadan, it's not going to go away. You, you start thinking, oh no, no, that's shaitan. And shaitan is chained. So as soon as, you know, Ramadan starts, وَتَكُونُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ قَوْمًا صَالِحِينَ After shaitan is gone, you're going to be good. You're, you're great. No, it doesn't work that way. He's done pretty good training for 11 months. And now you're on your own, and you're still conditioned to do what he's, he's been conditioning you to do. This month is actually a time for us to understand what it means to give Allah alone. What it means to give up before Allah. And by the way, the idea of alone is, in, in the case of Allah, Allah Azza wa Jal is promising, guaranteeing, that He's going to give you back. Just like He says, okay, why don't you hold off on eating and drinking? Why don't you hold off on intimacy? Hold off on it, for these hours, for me. And Allah promises you, guarantees you, rewards and benefits. And those rewards and benefits are not on the iftar table. There are much more rewards and benefits than what's sitting at the table. There's, what you're getting out of this, this month is so valuable that it's actually going to be the only thing of value when we come in front of Allah. You know, that's the last thing I want to share with you about Allah's returns. What is actually valuable? You know, in this life, money is valuable. House is valuable. Clothes are valuable. Jewelry is valuable. These things are valuable. Health is valuable. Your body is valuable. You know, these are things that we value. Good food is valuable. These are things that we value in life. You wouldn't want to wear dirty clothes. You wouldn't want to live in a, you know, in a bad neighborhood or in, a, in an ugly house. You want to be in a place that has more value. Because you value yourself. But one day comes, a day is coming, where none of this has any value. None of it. إِذَا الْعِشَارُ عُطِّلَتْ 
You know, when people used to work their entire life in the Arabian desert, they worked their entire life, one day I can buy a camel. You know, these young men today, like they have a poster of a Ferrari or a Mercedes in their room, like one day, yeah. They had, if they had posters back then, it would have been a camel poster. Yeah, that's going to be my, you know, it's going to be awesome. That's what was going on in there. And then Allah says, judgment day comes and it has no value. It's gone. What's the only thing that matters on, day, on that day? إِلَّا مَنَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ The only exception is the one who comes before Allah with a sound heart. What do you get out of Ramadan? What do you get out of giving Allah alone? What does He give you? He gives you a sound heart. He gives you and me taqwa in our hearts. He give us, gives us tranquility and peace in our hearts. And when we can have that, there is nothing more valuable. You can lose everything else. This is overpowering everything else, every other loss. No loss is any more a loss than this, gaining our hearts back. That's what we're struggling to do this Ramadan. That's what we're trying to do. May Allah Azza wa Jal regain, give us, give us a cleansed heart this Ramadan and reconnect uh, ourselves to Him. May Allah Azza wa Jal really make us contemplate what it means to give Him, a Him, Allah Azza wa Jal, a good loan that He can multiply for us and dignify us by means of it. Wallahu ajrun kareem. Uh, before I, I conclude, I wanted to, I was asked to make this announcement. I was going to make it after Jumu'ah. But I don't know if you're like any other masjid in the Muslim world, that as soon as Jumu'ah is over, there's a stampede. So people want to leave quickly. So I'll make a very quick announcement. Uh, just a show of hands, I'd like to see how many people can read the Qur'an in Arabic, even though for the most part they don't understand what they're reading. Okay, you can read the Qur'an in Arabic, but for the most part you don't understand what you're reading. Okay, I was like you. I'm not a scholar, I'm not a sheikh. I know that was the word, those words were used for me. That I'm none of those things. I felt a disconnect between myself and what I was reading in the Arabic Qur'an. And when I tried to read the translation of the Qur'an, I found it even more confusing. And I, I knew there's something in Allah's own words that I'm missing. And so I decided to study the Arabic language myself, and Allah opened that door for me, and I became a teacher of the Arabic language, and I developed a method of teaching those who were in my place. Meaning, they were reading in Arabic, but they were not understanding what they were reading. How do you make for those people a, a program that they can easily start to understand the language of the Qur'an? I don't teach as a teacher, I teach as someone who sat in your seat as a student. And that's a program that I developed, I taught it many years in the United States, I've had thousands and thousands of students in this Qur'anic Arabic program called the Dream Program, because it was a dream of mine to learn this language, and I'm sure it's a dream of so many other countless Muslims. That's actually a course that I'm starting here at this masjid, inshallah ta'ala, this Wednesday. And it's going to be for 10 straight days. It's in the morning time, I know that's work for some of you, but um, for 10 straight days at 9 a.m. this Wednesday, we're going to start. And it's going to be three hours every single day. And my hope is that many of you can come and attend. There is a tuition for the course, but actually if anybody cannot afford the course, it's completely free for them. No questions asked. The point is, Ramadan is already here. Let's show Allah some commitment that we want a journey towards His book. And let me, if, I, if you can honor me with the opportunity to help you do that, I'd be honored by it. If you can come in, it's open to men, women, and even children. The last course I taught was in St. Louis in the United States. I just came from there. And we had about 230 students there that were studying. And about 70 of them were kids that were nine, between 9 and 12. 
years old. So even children are attending along with retired teachers, along with, and I would also invite Arabic teachers to come to see the method of teaching because I'd like you to take that and use it in your schools and in your classes and courses as well. So that's the brief announcement that I have for this Wednesday at 9 a.m. Jazakumullahu khairan. Barakallahu li wa lakum fi al-Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyyakum bil-ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim.